My new thing is these intros, and I'm trying to like think about how to go about this week's intro, and I, I'm kind of just like saying fuck it. Like I'm just the only way I can do this is if I give you a real experience, something that I've been through this past week. The last episode we put out with the Greg Lutzka that came out, I got awesome feedback. Thank you to everybody that wrote me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. And the emails I got were so cool. And But so since then, I'm trying to think of a real experience I had. And it, it was just the other night. And basically, I talk about float tanks and sensory deprivation tanks on my show quite a bit. And uh, I've gone uh, maybe seven, eight, nine times. I've been quite a bit. It's a crazy, crazy experience. I've explained it before, but basically all your senses are cut off and it's just you and your thoughts. This time I decided I was like going in. I really want to push my limits, you know? And uh, I went, I went, drove to the place. It's up in uh, Boylston, Mass. And uh, basically before I went in, I was like, I'm really going to push the limits. So I smoked some weed. And because when I smoke weed, basically what happens is it just kind of heightens everything that I, that I am, you know, it makes me overexcited and I'm an overthinker. So like it just heightens that I think more and more and more. And so I was like, I'm going to go in the tank and just have all my senses cut off and just really go deep, go deep. So I do this, I get really high, you know just go right to that limit and I get in the tank and man I stayed in for two hours that was the thing too it was like I'm gonna go in for longer than an hour two hours of just getting in that tank at first you sit in the tank and it's 10 inches of salt water so you sit down and you just gotta like lean back and let go and you just start floating so I'm like getting used to just having no gravity and the water's warm the same temperature as my body and like can't see or hear anything i got wax in my ears they put ear i put earplugs in there and then like i can't see it's completely dark so i just center myself and i'm floating and i get comfortable and i stretch out and it was insane in my brain that first like it feels like it feels like forever but it was probably only 20 minutes like the weight of the world all this stuff all the stress everything that i'm carrying around with me just from living life like stuff that i don't even realize is just coming up it's just coming to the surface and I'm I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about relationships and business and skateboarding and family and all my insecurities and worries are coming up and they're just like right at me and it's so heightened because I'm just like, oh my God, I'm out in the wild right now and just dealing with it. And uh, then after that period, it's like I realized that, you know, I let it all go. Because I'm stuck in this place. It's like I can let these thoughts eat me and consume me alive and all my worries and insecurities. And I can just let it destroy me, you know, and freaking out in there. And I just get to the point where it's like, ah, I can't freak out anymore, you know. And, uh, and my brain and everything, it just lets it all go. All that baggage, everything, it just sheds it off it feels like i'm taking off a backpack that has cement bricks and i'm just lifting it off and i'm just in there exploring thoughts and ideas and i'm thinking about positivity and all the joy and everything we got going i'm thinking about the new england m and 
how like this year we have two days now and we're gonna have the after party sponsored by Narragansett Beer, which I'm so thankful for. And we're gonna do a best trick contest, which is gonna be a separate video and be super hype. And we're gonna switch up some of the obstacles. I'm thinking about make the square rail a round rail. I wanna make a gap to hubba. And I'm just thinking about how sick that's gonna be. And then I'm thinking about all I need, thinking about AIN skateboards and just new graphics and plans we're working on a new video that's been our goal we've been going out every weekend just like going to boston providence new york stacking clips the whole team everybody's just like just trying to stay hyped and getting clips together and just there's energy there and it's so cool and i'm thinking about the podcast and i think i'm up to like 63 64 episodes and how more people are getting hyped on it and sharing it and spreading the love and talking about it and I'm getting more guests on and and just like I got through all the crazy stress and insecurities and worries and then I got to the underlining fact that I'm like breathing my heart's beating I'm alive and I can you know anything's possible I know I know this sounds cheesy and I don't mean to sound cheesy but it's how I feel and and I just hit like a bliss point where I'm just like I'm so grateful to be alive and to be here and to be experiencing everything and and it makes me think about it makes me think about everything we're doing you know we're here right now we're in this moment and it's crazy what our country has gone through and what we have gone through financially emotionally like trying to redefine america trying to build it back up it to me it honestly feels like i always compare it to the skateboard industry but to me it feels like the veil has been lifted it's like the curtain you see behind it and there's no there's no wizard of oz it's just like i feel like we just have these tools this internet these social media and like no one knows what they're doing it's like the wild west to me it just feels like everyone's on a level playing field and we just have to like see who has the heart and the perseverance and who's just really is going to stand by what they mean and what they say what they say more importantly it's like we're building stuff now and everyone can see each other. So it's like your word is your bond, you know? Like, so I, I don't know. That gives me comfort. I know I'm an honest person and I know I love everything I'm doing and I know I put my heart into everything and I know all the people around me and all the sponsors and all the brands that support everything I do. I know they're good people and I know that they love skateboarding and they connect to it just like I do. And all the kids, I, all the people I sponsor, and I'm just so passionate, passionately in love with everything. And it's so cool that all these people work with the New England Am and sponsor the sponsor the New England Am and everyone that comes on the podcast. Like, it's all like mindedness, and I know people care. And it's just, I'm just so grateful for everything. Let's just keep building. Let's just keep our hearts in the right direction. Keep our focus. Everybody out there, if you're doing something you love or you're just trying to build something and you're trying to be happy, let's just do it. Let's get it. This is it. This is this is all we got right here. Today's guest is Neil Mims. He tells a redemption story. The man was very open and honest, and I really like Neil. He was cool to have on as a guest, and I'm excited to share his episode with you. I know you're going to enjoy it. And as always... The podcast is brought to you by AIN Skateboards. If you want to show support for... All I Need, New England Am, you name it, the podcast. You can go to allineedskate.com. We always have new stuff on there. We got the web store. We got 
new t-shirts we got new skateboard graphics we got beanies and i'm just super stoked on everything thank all you guys i love you all so much let's get it this is the Shetland Shetland Show. Show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability to make art. Make art. Make art. When things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah, come on. It's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. We're in a transitional world right now. Yeah, it's just basically going for it, you know. Sometimes I don't think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know, it, it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens every day. Yeah. People are worried about skateboarding and the skate state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. Skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like, I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like, it's like we, we take over the street. So we'll get into it right now. Um, how did you, where did you grow up? All right, I was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, grew up, grew, yeah, yeah, grew up around the beaches area there. I kind of bounced around that town until uh, I was about 17, you know. I uh, um, skated uh, with a lot of guys from back there, like King Gale, Clyde Singleton, Brian Childers, uh, rest in peace, um, and uh, Buck Smith, you know, one of the old, old local pros, Mike Peterson, I mean, there's – Cairo. I mean, the list goes on. There's definitely uh, some heads I got to grow up skating with that are pretty awesome in the skateboarding world. Yeah, we just had. Um, I just had Mike Peterson on the podcast. He is the fucking man. He is oh good. yeah. <laughs> awesome man. Yeah, I love Mike. So what is it? All right, I actually have someone who rides for my team, Timmy Canute. He's from Florida, and uh, I don't know. What do you think it's like living in Florida? Like, what was it like growing up there? Well, I don't know, man. Jacksonville's. Uh, it's an interesting town. It's it's there's not much going on. It's it's flat and hot and humid. There's a lot of cockroaches and bugs. Um, some of the beaches down in the south are nice, but uh, where we grew up in the north part of that area, um, you know, the beaches are. I don't know. You don't really go to the beach to cool off, man. The water's like ninety degrees too because it's so humid out. So yeah, um, you know, there's. There's just not a lot going on. That's all. It's a pretty laid back, mellow town, and if you're into that, uh, I think it's all right. But um, it's changed a lot. You know, there's uh, there's some not so good stuff going on, and uh, I don't know. I think uh, it's pretty. It's corrupt in a lot of ways. I was I was corrupted as a younger kid there. Um, I got into drinking and some other things at an early age. So in that sense, uh, you know. It wasn't good. I'm thankful I went through what I went through, but still, like, man, some of that, what are, some of it's just crazy. Why, why does, why does Florida breed so many goddamn skateboarders? It's like amazing. They have the big skate park. They have skate park at Tampa. They've had that going forever. There's endless amount of skateboarders that come out of Florida. What is, what is it? The water? Is it the gator? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't know, man. I think. Uh, I don't know. I grew up at skating Kona. I'm sure when you talk to Peterson, you know he uh, he mentioned Kona. Um, I'm I'm thankful for that. That definitely taught me uh, to to be well rounded and uh, and skate everything. So um, I love that part of it. And I think uh, I don't know, man. I think skateboarding is such a good outlet and a, a good mental and physical outlet that. You know, if if there's uh, any kind of troubles in your life, and in, in which I had growing up um, with parents separating at an early age, and uh, that's 
that's what drove me to skate. And then I don't know, man. I, I think there's just a lot of us that may have such boredom in Jacksonville or in all of Florida. There's not a lot going, like I said, that it, it just drives you to do something fun and exciting and dangerous and kind of against the rules, you know. Were, were um were your family were they supportive of your skateboarding? Uh yeah, my dad and my mom were to an extent, you know, until it started affecting my school. Um which, you know, once I found skateboarding, uh it definitely uh it definitely took my concentration off of, you know, um my education in a sense where, where that did them, but realistically my dad would take us to contest, uh will take me to contest, which was cool. My mom uh was really supportive of it. Um in the way she saw that I loved it so much. She just wanted me to do what I loved. And that was the good part about my mom. My dad was in the disciplinary mode where you're doing bad in school. You're not going to skate type situation. So um, it wasn't until I started making a life of skating. That's when they're like, oh, okay, maybe this shit is cool. <laughs> yeah, like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, like it started, you know, started traveling the world a little bit and, and paying some bills where they're like, all right, maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> so, what okay, I guess that's a good direction to head. Like, how did you get into that side of skating, like the sponsorship side? How did you find out about that? What made you want to pursue it? And Yeah, um, you know, it started – here's the thing when – and I try and instill this in the kids that I work with, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little later too. Um, is I started studying skating, like like studying school at an early age. I started skating in, in 82. Um, yeah, it was 82, 83, like that zone. So I looked at my first trans world around then, uh, and that's around when the first trans world came out. Um, wow. On the cover, and the, I saw Thrasher magazine around that time, um, and then I started watching videos. And so when I saw these guys in these magazines and videos, they was, they were going to places like China and over to Europe. You know, I would see like trips in these magazines. That's what I wanted. That's that's I didn't I didn't really know much about sponsorship. I just saw they were going cool places and skating cool things. That's what I was driven to, and so I wanted that. So. Well, by the time I was 10 or 11, I started progressing quite a bit. That's what I started striving for. I was like, I just wanted to get out of Jacksonville, Florida, and go travel the world, dude, and go skate and just travel and skate. And uh, so um, a couple of the guys were already sponsored in the area. This guy, Bob Reeves, he's a, a, a local pro there or was a local pro for a company called Airborne, which was part of Zorlac. Oh, you remember no. Zorlac? Yeah, and, uh, for Zorlac. Yeah. yeah, so now that's like what what is known now as Syndrome Distribution. Yep. Those were the those were the guys that ran Zorlac. Rob Mert still runs Syndrome Distribution, which I was over there today as a kid. So, so it's, you know, crazy even years later how the tables turn. But those were the first guys to hook me up, and I was about 11 years old. So I would wait for the UPS guy, you know, for hours and days and, like, wait for him and he would just drive by but i was waiting on these packages from california man and that's when it all kind of started and i was like you know the the older guys started accepting me and they're going to skate backyard pools and skating kona and kane and i would go skate on the street and and so it just kind of evolved into 
like, uh, you know, people hooking me up from out here in California. And I was just thankful for that. And I just kept, I kept pursuing whatever it was I was pursuing. I just wanted to get out of Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. Really. <laughs> that's awesome. Skateboarding will take you to crazy places for sure. Um, did you ever skate? Did you do, did you do the Tampa contest and get involved in that? I sure did. Yeah. Like around, uh, it was whenever Tampa first opened up and they threw, um, uh, their first like AM contest. I ended up there and, and, uh, and later on ended up in a few of those, you know, the pro contests through it. So I've pretty much been a part of Tampa since it was, it was born and, uh, been a part of that whole scene and watched it, watched Tampa evolve into what it's evolved into and known Brian Schaefer since I was a little kid mm-hmm. and Ryan Clements. And, uh, I noticed he had Clements on the show and those guys have been a part of watching me grow up and evolve in the skate world as well. A, a bunch of us. I mean, they, you know, Andrew Reynolds to Alyssa Steamers to Matt Milligan's and Bo Turner's. And I mean, the, the Florida list of names goes on, but, um, it's heavy. You know, that's, it's fucking heavy. I'm learning that. It's very heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of us that come out. I mean, even some of these new guys, I didn't even know. Just like you just told me, Timmy Newth is from Florida. I had yeah. no idea. He's a beast. He's <laughs> Palm Bay, Palm Bay. Him and his other homie, Dakota Hunt. And uh, I actually give them both boards, and they they shred, dude. It's oh, dude. I just saw Timmy Newth at the local park the other day right here in my in my hometown, and he, was, he kills it, dude. Yeah, it's so cool. it. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't really know him personally, and uh, I just saw him from a distance. I just watch him skate every time, but he kills it. But anyway, I, just, I learned, learned all kinds of new stuff about Florida, all these new guys coming out of there. And Paul Hart was a baby when I was skating in Florida, and he, he's from Jacksonville as well, I guess. And I didn't know that, and him and I made friends out here. We didn't know each other because I'd already moved out here and was doing my thing when he was pretty much a kid. You know, I'm like almost 20 years older than that guy. So it's, it's but, good. It means that it means that um, the younger generation's carrying on tradition. So that's awesome. Exactly. I love it, man. I really, really do, man. It's good stuff. So, um, moving forward a little bit, um, what was like your first big sponsor? Would you say what was the first like big opportunity that was probably more than flow? I guess. Yeah, um, I would say when I came out to California for the first time, um, the first big deal in my life was uh, you know Mike McGill and Canton Russell. Uh, those guys approached me. I was 17 years old. I hopped on a Greyhound bus. Uh, I sold everything in Florida, hopped on a Greyhound bus by myself at 17, <laughs> drop, high school dropout style. Not proud of that now, but that's what I did, and that's what I had to do, and I made it out here. And um, and Mike McGill and all those guys, I started skating with, like, Canton and Oscar Jordan, P- uh, Peter McBride. and uh, uh, Dude, I watched all you guys growing up. I was, like, watching videos. I, it's cool that I'm talking to you because I've watched your skateboarding fucking growing up on the east coast in the winters like we knew who you were but we didn't you know what i mean like that i'm a fan of everyone you just named too all those dudes shred oh thank you man that means a lot seriously that touches my heart here and stuff like that because i have a lot of respect for you as well and i watched you evolve in skating that's just how it works man we're all one big family even if we don't know each other i feel like we all share that same common bond and we we gotta you know, we all stick together and we all kind of know each other, but without even knowing each other, you know? Yeah, I'm huge. Like I'm huge on that because whenever I meet someone that I like feel like I know them and I don't, I always just say, hey, I'm Anthony. And they're like, yeah, I know you. I'm like, yeah, but we don't know each other. Like we knew now we do, you know, like it's just like common. It's like you almost take it for granted because you've seen them so much in videos and magazines and you follow what they've been doing. And then yep. 
you forget that everyone was like the first time I met Eric Costin actually. I was like, "What's up, Eric? I'm Anthony." He's like, "Yeah, I know." And I was like, yeah, he, "I know it trips you out, right?" Like he's a skate rat, you know. It's like sick. He lost some magazines and <laughs> you just think. Of- hey, I remember you and I first met in Tampa. Yeah. I think didn't we? Pro was it at the contest? It had- yeah, the Tampa Pro about uh, seven years ago, maybe six years ago. Had to have been, dude. So yep. cool. <laughs> yep, I remember that now, and I remember you approached me the same way. Super cool, super positive, and I'd already know who you were. Yeah. And you came and said, what's up? And you're just so excited to be there. I think it was your first pro. Was that your first pro contest? Yeah, yeah, it was. And I definitely was losing my shit, probably. <laughs> that's all right. No, you were super cool and positive, like I said. And I'll never forget. That's how you approached me. And I'm all, I think I said the same thing. I was like, I know who you are. What's up? Yeah, how's it yeah. going? I gave it's, a hug, even. It's right that it's a small world, but it's sick. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're just all, we got the skate nerd inside of us. And we all pay attention, you know, to other other guys coming up and, coming in but um yeah so uh i don't know back to your question again uh oh my first uh you know real sponsor and so you know mike mcgill they started hooking me up but i didn't i didn't stay out here long man i was young it was a struggle um 17 <laughs> yeah you know and dude it was crazy i remember the uh king gale was already out here making his way and it was in with all these guys that dude shreds Oh yeah, he's man. Him and I are like brothers. We grew up skating together, and, and uh, we got a, a lifelong bond and been through a lot of stuff together. But uh, he's he's a huge part of helping me find my way out here. But me being 17 and getting picked up from the Greyhound station by Ted Newsom and King Gale, and in my uh, Jeremy Ray was filming wow. for his for his secondhand smoke video part at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, and. That's who picked me up from the Greyhound bus station. Damn. And so, yeah, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, holy shit, like Jeremy Ray's, you know, with these guys. And and I was like, yeah, this is crazy. So we stopped on the way. This my first experience in California. And I was a I remember I don't know if you remember this in secondhand smoke, but uh the bump to Bush Gap, he I did, did. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, the front side three, the heel flip over and all that. Yeah, I was I was there. That was right off the Greyhound bus station, and then uh, <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the McDonald's bump over the stairs gap. Yep. Uh, down in Mira Mesa, and it's not there anymore. But it was a famous, you know, Plan B spot. Yep. And and uh, that was the day he heel flipped it. So anyway, that was my first experience right off the Greyhound right off the Greyhound bus, dude. And I was like, dude, that's such a trip because like for some people, especially for like people that only seen it in videos, it's like. You just went from Florida straight into that moment. You know what I mean? That's pretty crazy. Oh, uh, no, man. I'll never forget it. And now me and Jeremy are friends. You know, it's cool. We can text each other. I can call him up and say what's up. And it's just uh, – and we've known each other for a long time now. And it's just – it's a trip there because I was so starstruck at the time because this is, my, like I said, my first experience straight out of Florida. And I got – even though I grew up with Kane, you know, Kane, Kane was always inspiring to me. But it – since I already knew him, so it wasn't exciting. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like a homie, but he was, he was up there on that level with those guys, so well, he was like, hanging with them. It's probably like me with Westgate, because like I've known Westgate since he was little, you know? So, like, I don't know, he's, he's like amazing, and I know he's amazing, but, like, I'm just used to it, because I'm around him all the time. So, for people to come up to me, they're like, oh, Westgate. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right, jaded. Yeah. I'm jaded by it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And hey, he's he's up there on my list, man. I love that he's a little powerhouse, dude. I love seeing him skate. Anything I see him, I never, I don't even know if we met, but uh, 
but uh, I love seeing when when stuff pops up at him. He's he's definitely one of my favorites. I bring him up with the kids sometimes. That's awesome. You should bring up the fact that he has his own um, Westgate cranberries. He builds. He bought a cranberry bog and he started his own brand and he builds all the crates. But like like he takes trees. He bought a big law a big saw and he mills all this wood and like he built his pump house. Like he is like so handy and he has like the sickest brand going on with cranberries. Like not even skating stuff and so. Oh, cool. that's cool, man. That's good shit. Okay, Love okay. It. We're getting we're getting off to- topic. We're fanning out a bit, but we're gonna. Yeah, yeah. All right. I want to talk about you because you're the guest. So let's get to um. <laughs> All right, you're off the you're off the bus with Jeremy, and that you're in this area, and you're 17. You left Florida. Yep, yep, yep. So anyway, I ended up linking up with Kent Russell, all those guys, and Mike McGill started hooking me up. I let I like I ran out of money, and everybody helped me that they could. I met Chris Markovich while I was here. I met uh, Danny Way a little bit, and then you know started kind of getting going out here, and then boom, I had to go back to Florida. Just the money, so, money run dry. Yeah, the money ran dry, and I just wasn't experienced enough in life, man. I was young and just trying to, like, you know, I, trying to get a job out here. I didn't know how to do that. It wasn't, you know, it just wasn't uh, within me, and I, I was homesick, honestly, man. It was tough to adjust to the the speed of life out here and, and the way of life out here. It was just different, even though I, I loved it because it was beautiful. But the whole, like, the attitude and the lifestyle was way different than what I just came from, which was Florida. And it's a slower pace of life. So, um, yeah, I went back home for a little while, got stuck in a, a little bit of a struggle over there. And I knew where I wanted to be, and it was in San Diego. San Diego and- San Diego is beautiful. I, I just went out there um, with my skateboard team. We We went out there for two weeks, and my God, that is one of the most beautiful places, like, it was insane. We went to the top of this hill, and there was a view where you could see the ocean from, like, 180 degrees, where the ocean and the sky met up. Oh, yeah. Left to right, and I was like, I had never seen nothing like that before, and I was like, San Diego, perfect. It's, it's definitely amazing, man. I'm thankful to live here, and it just, uh, back to what I, you know, like, what I was saying, man, it's, it was a struggle, and so I went back home, I did some work, I got a, Smith, the local pro there, and um, it just, uh, you know, life was happening, and uh, I saved up some more money, um, ended up making my way out here again, and uh, this next time it was uh, Tony Magnuson, Magnuson, you know? Yep. Uh, he uh, was running a company called Evol at the time, and uh, which is now Osiris Shoes, but there was a, uh, that company, and it was like Adam McNatt and Tyrone Olson and a bunch of heads were on. But Tony uh, Magnuson, which was another one of my childhood guys that I looked at in the videos, like in the 8th Street videos that I grew up watching, you know, like he approached me at the skate park. And uh, out of the blue, I was just skating. I was skating around the YMCA. I was um, I was doing lessons, uh, like uh, working with kids at the time, doing summer camps, like being a, ca- a camp counselor is what they called it. And uh, – and so I was just skating around, and I had Tony Magnuson approach me one day and just come say what's up. And he was like, hey, man, I would love to give you some boards if, if you're into it. And I'm all, what? You know, like, oh, shit. You know, I was only like eight. Yeah, yeah, I was 18 at the time. I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, yeah, call me on Monday. This was like on a weekend. So I called him, and he started hooking me up. And that's when I called uh, – I got in touch with Skin over at Transworld, and I went and shot a uh, – shot a checkout, you know, you know, Transworld does those checkouts and, and that's when, uh, kind of the ball started rolling a little more and, and, uh, 
and uh, was just skating my ass off out out here in California and doing my thing. But that only lasted a short amount of time as well, but a little longer than the first time. So, so I, I imagine like I, I moved to California for two years. I lived in Long Beach. Um, it was nice there. I was young. Yeah. I was young, yeah. and I definitely uh, got into some mischief and whatnot. And uh, but yeah. it was cool. There was so much to skate. You know what I realized about being a pro skateboarder or a sponsored skateboarder that has so much free time? It's like, especially where it's always sunny too. It's yeah. like you're just so used to this. It's gonna be nice. You know what I mean? So you get into other things. You're like, oh, I can do it tomorrow, whatever. And you yeah, got you know, right. You have idle time because you just don't have to work a job and you're a pro skateboarder making money off of what you love. And exactly. It's like idle time, dude. I don't know. I, I know your history a little bit Um, about, like, I know, and I, if this is too much, please tell me, but I know that you had some uh problems with alcohol in the past. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I'm okay with talking about it. So I ask away because if I can, uh, I look at it this way. I had a, a huge alcohol problem and there was other stuff along with that with some drugs and 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 whatnot but um i'm okay with talking about it because if i can help one person that's maybe struggling with the same kind of addiction and alcoholism out there then that's that's what it's about so i'm okay with it and thank you for being considerate though and asking um yeah i i i've I've heard of you speak it on about it online just briefly you know it wasn't like uh you went into it fully but I, I like people that are willing to talk about stuff like that because I like to talk about my struggles and my family struggles and things mm-hmm. that we, you know, I feel like the more we connect, we have podcasts, we have Instagram, the more we share, connect, the more we can relate and have empathy for each other. And sometimes it just helps to hear someone talk about their struggle and how they work through it and their strength and perseverance because it inspires you or you know you're not alone. Like when I was young, dude, I dealt with a lot of issues from how I grew up and mm-hmm. I would listen to these hip hop artists. And they were talking, like, a lot of them were talking about stuff that I could relate to, and I I needed that. I needed, like, someone that was going through similar struggles to talk about how they were trying to work it out. You know what I mean? Like, expression. Exactly. So, so how did did that come to be, man? What what happened with with that? Well, I think, uh, you know, this was, uh, I guess we can, I can go back to where uh, I was getting hooked up, and then um, I was partying the whole way through. I mean, I... I started drinking at an early age. Uh, my dad, my dad fed us alcohol when I was five, six years old because he's a party guy. He still is. Um, <laughs> he's still going. <laughs> yeah, he's still going, man. It's sad. It's like we don't really have a good relationship because of it. I mean, it, it's it, it sucks, but uh, yeah. But anyway, he. I look back and he wanted to party so hard with his friends. He wasn't ready to be a dad at an early age. And so he would give my brother and I beers at, I was like five, six years old, literally, dude. He would go buy those little eight ounce Budweiser's. And so alcohol was ingested into my system without knowing, like, or having a choice in the matter when I was young. You know, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Dad's giving this to me. That means it's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just continued, man. And really, my drinking really, I started getting heavy into it when I was in high school, man. I would go to school drunk sometimes. Um, I would, I mean, I skated. I grew up skating pretty much with a buzz of, off of some kind of something at, um, most of the time. Yeah. And uh, th- even throughout getting hooked up, I think because I was young, I could handle it a little different. So I thought, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this shit, you know. But uh, realistically, it was taking me down as I thought I was okay, you know. But, um, yeah, I, uh, it was it was an everyday, everyday Every day, I was like looked forward to drinking heavily, getting 
fucked up as much as I could. And then anything else, as long as I was drunk, anything else that came into the picture, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, you know? So, um. Cause you're already, cause you're already loose. So you're like, all right, well. I yeah, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, a pill, a line, uh, so definitely some weed. You know, weed and alcohol like went hand in hand for me, and uh, um, I just loved all of it too much. Like it was like I couldn't go to bed without it, and I couldn't wake up without it. And uh, that's how it was, man. I made sure that I had beer in the fridge, so when I woke up, I could have a beer. It just it got progressively worse. It was got, fun. Sorry, sorry to stop you in the middle. Um, I have questions though. Um. Yeah. One was I was talking about with Mark Johnson on the last podcast. We were talking about a healthy balance because, like I, I like I was saying to you earlier, I like to smoke weed, but I don't, yeah. I don't abuse it. You know, like there's a, I've learned that because I learned, I, I smoked weed when I was younger. I abused the shit out of it. It was a waste yeah. of my time. I was an idiot. Now that I'm 32, I kind of use it to like for arthritis and just for like I have vertigo and like it was um yeah. Now I just use it. I go and I I, I can't sit around and just smoke weed. I'm, I'm definitely can't do that. But anyways. So, um, healthy balance is beautiful. But I wanted to ask yeah. you, um, a couple of things popping up. One was, um, what was your drink of choice? What was your poison? I loved beer. And yeah. still, if there was a beer with zero alcohol, I know they have non-alcoholic beers, but there's still enough alcohol in those, those .05, that it, my body, if I ingest any kind of alcohol, any way, shape, or form, it's just, I know myself too well. Yeah. I'll just be right off to the races again. So, if there was a beer made with zero alcohol and it tastes like beer, I would drink it. I love the taste of beer. I always have. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like the taste of beer, but I'll drink it or whatever. But I love beer, and it started with that. But liquor, anything, man, any booze. It could be malt liquor. It could be high-end beer. It just booze. And my body craved alcohol. It didn't matter what it was. I loved Hennessy when I was making money. I would buy the expensive stuff. I'd get Hennessy, Alizé. Like, I loved all that stuff. All right, all right. Um. Uh, what was I going to say? All right, so why – I'm curious as to why were you drinking? Like, like, um, like I could tell you why I like to smoke weed. I like to smoke weed because it makes me giggly and it helps with arthritis and I can go feel things more. And it's just like I like to skate and I feel my board more. I'm less thi- – I'm not thinking so much about it. I'm more like feeling stuff because I'm high. Yeah, yeah. It heightens my emotions and that's what I'm about. So why were you drinking? Like why were you abusing it? Was it because you were young and you just – you were really having that much fun or, or like what could it be no i was running dude i was hiding like from pain my uh my parents split up at an early age i've never seen my mom and dad together they're both my mom's a gnarly alcoholic she's she's in recovery now which is cool but i was just raised into alcoholism and uh i mean it came from both sides so um my mom my dad was abusive to the women he had in his life my mom got abused to the men that she picked in her life so i never felt safe as a kid, I didn't have a safety, a, a safe zone yep. at all. So, um, I was always scared, man. I was always, I had this anxiety that I needed to, to cure. I felt like, so, so that's what drinking, drinking made me feel normal. Did it made me feel like, okay, cool. I'm calm. I can, I'm confident. I can be, I can be, uh, normal yep. in, in society. I can feel okay, you know, and, and not have to think about my mom getting uh, pushed into a table or my dad slapping my stepmom around and me seeing all that stuff as a kid. Yeah. And uh, that's what that's what I feel like the pain was that I was trying to kill and uh, or you know like hide and hide from and run from and and uh, until I was ready to face it and 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 deal with it and and grow and and get through it without alcohol or drugs. It just uh, 
but it took its toll, man. It, it shut my career, my skate career down early. You know, I could have went a little longer, I believe, with my skate career, but I have no regrets. I think I went through what I went through for a reason, and I'm thankful for it now. Yeah. I used to, man, when, when all my sponsors dropped me after I started making money traveling the world, riding for DECA and World Industries, and Danny Way was paying me to ride for XYZ. I was on DC. I quit DC to ride. I was making stupid decisions because I was partying, and and uh, I needed to go through all that uh, to know where I don't want to be. And so when all that stuff stopped coming, it got worse. My drinking was already bad. You figured that would be enough. The check stopped coming, I would quit. You were more, I can imagine that when that happens, that's a blow to your ego and a blow to yourself, and you just oh. want to bury yourself deeper, maybe? Yeah, and that's what it was, dude. And it just got worse, man. It was a combo effect, dude. The, my mom's fiance died. We walked in on him dead. My girlfriend left me at the time. I lost my place to live. Danny let me live behind the DC ramp at the. Uh, the vert ramp at the old warehouse and and uh that was crazy i was like man i was just i was living underneath that ramp going what the fuck happened like where did it all where did it all go yeah i, I don't mean to laugh but you're under a ramp yeah that's a clear sign <laughs> like, yeah no and it's like danny let me live in there no and it's okay i can laugh with you about it now but back then man i was like literally losing like what happened where did every where did it all go where, where did, what happened i was so bummed and i remember colin mckay and jason ellis coming like on a tuesday bringing tons of coke and party and i was supposed to be getting my shit together and these guys would come out there doing their thing and wanting to have fun and i'm all okay let's do it you know and suck it, back it, in man <laughs> yeah suck right back in i mean that wasn't their fault i'm just saying it's like it was it was around me and i, I just didn't know how to say no you know yeah. I, I wasn't strong enough to say no and i'm so I'm the ultimately main. ultimately it's on you because you're the only one that can really make the decisions in your life you know what i mean exactly it's yeah. my choice you know but it uh it my my heart was hurting and i was you know i i strived so hard to to live my dream which i i got a little taste of and then I'm the one that blew it. I'm the one that made the choice to to blow it all, and I chose alcohol and drugs more than my skating. And I wasn't skating a lot. I was just like, and when I did skate, I was out of my mind. I was like, just like on whatever. I was drunk. I was sluggish. It wasn't, you know, it didn't flow good, man. Yeah. And uh, I don't. Be, I sorry to cut you off, but I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to leave you out to dry here because I grew up. Uh, similar, like broken family. I talk about it a lot on my podcast, so I'll be brief. But That's you know, cool. born into a situation where I was a crack baby, basically. You know what I mean? My mom was in a gnarly situation in her life. My father passed away when I was thirteen due to, due to gang violence, motorcycles. He got shot. Um, and the same, you the stuff you were saying a moment ago about just not feeling like you fit in, and I, and I felt exactly the same way because I was dealing with at thirteen. I was dealing with that dysfunction. When your parents are your ki are the kids and you're the parents, you go to school or you go to some normal healthy activity. Kids like you can't relate to them. Like you're, I was already on edge of tears when I'd go to school because like I had so much weight on my from my family deteriorating and the living in the projects. It's like it's not healthy. Like you don't even have a fair advantage. I'm just gonna say that. Like you don't yeah. have a fair advantage at life. You're just like fuck, man. I already am a bad mood just from being born into yeah this. exactly yeah. yeah like not even my fault i have to find a way to dig out of this de deficit you know <laughs> absolutely man yeah and it, it is it's terrible that's why like i'm i'm thankful to be in this position now to you know help kids uh feel like somebody you know feel 
feel worthy when they may not feel worthy at home or worthy at school. And uh, that's what's so good about my life and sobriety um, is to be a, an example for these kids that if you are going through some shit, there's a way out and you're going to be fine. And and that you're going to be okay no matter what's going on at home. And you don't have to go down this road. I've already tried it for you, and it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> um, you know, so it's if I can just help one kid or one person out there, then that's 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 what I'm here for. And uh, that's why I'm thankful I'm, I've got the life that I have today, man. It's, it's good. Dude, it's, good. it's awesome because, you know, like, even if your life starts that way, it's like that struggle can, that, that pressure and that struggle can, like, create a diamond, you know? Like, if you work your way through it and you figure out all, all the way around all that misery and hell and you find a way to paint, like, a beautiful picture of your life and, like, spread that, that's, like, something I feel is valuable in this new world, you know? Like, our money's worth nothing. So I think the people that have compassion and empathy and understanding – that's like what's valuable now. More, I, I feel, I hope that's the way it goes because it shouldn't be about superficial money and like zeros. It should be more about like human quality and skills. And those people should, should uh, be valuable, I think. We shouldn't that's, neglect that, them. We shouldn't neglect them. Exactly, man. That's what I, um, you know, now that I'm, I'm doing what I do with this uh, skate program uh, and I try and teach kids that, you know, that, uh, you know, just because one kid is only doing a kick turn and the other kid's doing a kickflip back lip yeah. doesn't mean that that kid doing a kickflip back lip is a better human being than the kid only doing a kick turn. Yeah. They're both equal. And that's what I mean. Everybody needs to feel special because that kick turn is huge to that kid. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal to learn a kick turn. It really is. And, and that's a great feeling to learn anything on a skateboard. But I just use that as an example because it, it seems basic, but it's not basic to learn when you're at that level. You know, and just like the kid put back lip, yeah, maybe there's a lot of kids doing it, but that feeling, you know, there's nothing like that feeling of learning something new. So it's similar. It's the same feeling, just two different levels of ability. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't make one kid better than the other, you know, as a human being. I'm a huge, I'm huge on skate lessons. I'm so glad. That's, that was half the reason I was like, I want to talk to Neil because the academy is, it's so cool, man. Um, I've been saying it a lot and I'm, I know I'm preachy and whatever, but, uh, I think skate, every pro should do skate lessons because, uh, it's like if we teach the next generation of kids how to fall in love with skating, how fun power slides are, how finding your center of balance on flat ground and riding around on one foot is like the funnest thing and will keep you in the center of your board. And like just like if we teach them about the pleasure of skating, the joy, the happiness, not mm -hmm. the points, not the contest, not the fame, not the sponsors, none of that bullshit. If we just exactly. teach them to fall in love with skateboarding, they're going to be lifelong skateboarders and they're going to spread that with other kids and we'll have more skateboarders. It seems exactly. like it makes sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, and I know a lot of people say what they say about it, but, you know, I think there's a part of the ego that like, thinks like, oh, uh, skateboarding can't be taught, you know, it can't be instructed, you can't teach, it's because we have, there was only so many of us back in the 80s and the early 90s, now it's so much everywhere, we all, I mean, we got to stay teachable, no matter what it is in our life, and uh, we have to be open to being taught something, and if we if we become unteachable, then we, we're losing, yeah. and it's like, so people can say what they say about giving skate lessons and thinking, you know, what they think about it. But those are the guys that stopped learning in life, in, in, in my eyes. You know, it's like as long as I stay teachable, like the other day, example, 
had Danter Hobo call me out for because I named the trick, which I thought I I screwed up and called the trick the wrong name that I posted on my Instagram. Yeah. And so I got called I got called out by one of my fellow skateboarders <laughs> and I was okay with it. We laughed about it. We clowned about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh and I like I said, just because I'm from the eighties era and I feel like I should know every aspect of skating, I don't always. I made the mistake. Yeah. And I'm okay with making that mistake. Dude, half the time I don't even know the name of tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, but I think we all we need to stay teachable, no matter who we are, how good we get at something. And uh, yeah, if you get, if you think, if you think that you've perfected something or you don't need progression or growth in life, you're a fucking fool because <laughs> it's like who's the perfect person? Like you will yeah. never stop learning. As you get older, you take on new information, and you have to be humble enough to process it, go through the lumps, figure out what's productive and what doesn't. Like. If they're thinking that they, you know, no one's got to figure it out. Even the dude with a bazillion dollars, he still has issues and still has to figure it out, you know? Exactly. And we all need help, man. So that's what it's about. And uh, it's funny. I just did I did an interview um, with, uh, who was it? Uh, the, some guy from the Ride Channel. He's from the East Coast. He called me about talking about skate lessons. But there's those people, you know, there's there's always some haters out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should be teaching skating. Yeah, nobody teaches skating. All these old punk rockers. The angry old punk rock guy that skates, right? <laughs> There's so many of them out there, dude. They're hilarious. It sucks because I felt like I felt like I'm I don't know, maybe I'm a dick too, but uh I feel like skateboarding grew so big and it became all about like contests, winning, sponsorships, like magazines, cover this shit, this, this, yeah. this. It becomes one big rat race and then you like can forget, like it's just like skating is fun like you meet these little kids it's like not about teaching them like when i i do skate lessons all the time and i look at it more like a martial art i'm like i'm just gonna hang out with these kids and like i'm gonna help them feel accepted i'm gonna help them like communicate with other skateboarders it's scary to go to a skate park and be a bunch of if there's clicks and people that are really good and they're going way fast it's like i love teaching kids like here just follow me we'll ride around the park you'll get check out all the ramps like I'll introduce you to the people I know. Like communication's yeah. huge amongst us. If we become too cool, if skateboarding comes too cool, then people aren't invited, and that sucks. It's like skateboarding's for everybody. That's what I tell people. I'm like, it's for the nerd, it's for the fucking cool guy, it's for the the girl, yeah. the gay dude, the fucking whatever, exactly. the, the alien, yeah. the alien. I don't care if they like that feeling that you get from learning how to ride on a skateboard and do tricks or whatever. Then they're invited. You know what I mean? Even if you don't like them, it's like if we jock anyone out. It becomes too one-sided, man. It sucks. It got like yeah, that for a long yeah. time. I think skating right now is in a good place, though. Do you feel like I'm that? I'm back in that, man. How do you feel about I skating? I think, yeah, I'm back. What's that? How do you feel about what's like skating right now, like with the whole industry and the vibe? And I feel like it's loosened up a bit more than like maybe when you were coming up or even when I was. I don't know. Yeah, You're, I don't, in I think You're in Mexico, so I may be wrong. But on the East Coast, it seems like people are like having fun again and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm in the melting pot of it, so I get a, you know, I get a variety of um, of the the kids that want to, you know, or the the skater that is out there to be super cool and win the next street league, and then I get the cool guy, you know, the 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 fun kids that just love skating and and they just want to cruise. But um, I think it's in a good spot. But it's you know what weird what what made me trip out recently, and I was watching the uh, the webcast of Tampa Pro. Yep. Is I saw zero skateboard companies on the walls like banners. All I saw was, um, with all due respect to these companies, I just saw Beats by Dre. Um, I saw Pac Sun. 
Yeah. Saw Monster. And, you know, there's Nike, Independent, and Bones. And that was it. There was zero, like, there wasn't real skateboards up there. There wasn't, uh, you know, uh, Element. There wasn't Plan B. There wasn't, um, there wasn't World Industry. There was no skateboard companies. Yeah, zero. There wasn't, there wasn't all I need, which is my brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Exactly. There wasn't any of that. Like, and it's weird. That's weird to me. And because it's I feel like true. skating's changing in the way to where it's like, because, like these guys are going to go sponsor contests, but um, they can't. They can't get a space on the wall anymore because the big heavies came in and said, "We want that space and we want it exclusively." Yeah, and that scares me. I'm like, wait a second, dude. Well, we to- I think that every action has a reaction because that's kind of what happened in skating. I feel like a lot of outside money came in, like people that don't have the heartbeat of skating, and they yeah, yeah. got in and pros and whatnot. And I don't knock any pro for taking that money. Like, I, no, no, not at all. I rode for World Industries. I rode for New York that was owned by Mark Echo, and like, you know, I got to travel the world because of that money. Um, but I feel like every action has a reaction because that's why my brand started with all I need. All I need is a feeling, you know, like anyone who skates can go skateboarding is all is a need in my life. I love skating. It is a need. It's it's not yeah. a fad. It's a need. So, but that's why that shit popped up. And I feel like that's happening with like a lot of brands and stuff. It's starting to like trying to balance the scales because anything out of balance is fucked. You know, you can't be too one way. You drink too much, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. If you've never had a good time and maybe had a few beers, you might have, like, just a complete sober perspective and you won't be able to empathize with the dude that, you know, does drink, you know? So yeah. it's like any which any extreme sucks. And skating should be for everyone. And if that, that means that we got to definitely – there's got to be small brands. There's got to be skater-owned brands. There can be the corny contest, big side. There can be the new the, – the smaller contest that's epic. I do a contest, too, called the New England Am. And last year we had about 300 kids enter. We had 24 skate shops from New England come and support it. I put the whole thing together with my local skate park. And uh, we had Westgate as a judge. We had Barley as a judge. Dom Pierre and Zara Bassett. Those were our four judges. And, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was just like I saw a need. I was like, we need like a big event. We're in New England. There's all these shops. Like all these dudes are so good. Like we need to come together once a year. And all just fucking put it on the line and have like a sweaty, awesome, gnarly day with amazing skating. It was tight. Everyone was cheering each other on. It wasn't like it was competitive, but not like trying to yeah, tear each fun. other down, you know, but more just yeah. who's going to do the best for themselves that day. Um, yeah. So even what I'm basically saying is like even if Tampa, I don't know if Tampa Pro is going to be the new fucking exclusive thing or street league or whatever. But even if they did go that way where it's all corporate. It's just going to – every action has a reaction, and New England Am pops up. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. You know, post- no, for sure. <laughs> and, and no, and I still – you know, Tampa – like, Brent Schaefer's got to do what he's got to do. But like I said, me growing up at Tampa and around that scene for years, and yep. this is the first year because they did team up with Street League, yep. that that's when I noticed the change. Yeah, you know, you, they just, you've seen the generations of it. So for you, it's probably really trippy. But for me – it's not as tricky. Yeah, yeah, not so much. Yeah, because, yeah, you, you know, you're in a little bit of a different era. But it's still, like, it's, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's all. I, when I noticed, I just, I noticed that for some reason. I'm like, what is that? That just doesn't, it's okay for those brands to be there. But what about, what happened to Deluxe, you know, distribution? What happened um, to all these, What all I need of these new companies coming up? What happened to Creature? Or, you know, why aren't they on the wall too? You know why? Because there's exclusivity now with those big brands. They conquer, they come in hot and heavy with this big money and they go, 
That's our space. You better not put any skate brands up there because we want it only. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm like, whoa, dude, it's just kind of heavy. And I know exactly that's how it went down. It's it's you kind know? of foolish to me when I think about it because I'm like, to be one way so heavy, like so many corporate sponsors and no small brands, no skate, like heartbeat yeah. of it. That fucks you because it's like now that's who your that's who your master is. You're kind of like not saying that's what not saying what that's what skate park Tampa is, yeah. but if that's the scenario, that could be that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. everybody should be invited. It shouldn't just be the fucking one sided. That sucks. Yeah, that's what that's what skateboarding skateboarding's always been about styles and personalities and like at least for me when we started, it wasn't like commercialized. They try to put it in a box. So once something's in a box, it's like you're trapped in that fucking paradigm. When I was growing up, it was like people had personalities. Pro skateboarders talk about their lives and like there were styles, like so many different styles. Now it's popping up more. Like I'm saying, I'm I see more styles again. I feel like people are like accepting a little more these days. Yeah, no, there's definitely more acceptance of it in the general public eye and all that. So it's uh, it's definitely cool. I think it's just it's striving so huge now worldwide and global that. I mean, there's no stopping it, and it's, I mean, I see so many different ranges of kids getting into it out here. I see the little two-year-old girl padded up skating at the park, and then I see, you know, it's crazy. I see the 50 to 60-year-old dude padded up skating at the park, such a wide range of ages, and it's not like these dudes were out there getting paid one day, and they're just lo- they just love skating, and they're skating because it's coming from their heart, and I love I mean, they're just carving the ball over and over. They're not doing much, but they love riding so much, they're at the park every day that I am. So I see such a wide range of ages and kids and girls and boys and men and ladies and, I mean, older women, dude. They're out there padded up skating, you know? It's like, it's cool shit, man, and I don't know. It's definitely more so in California probably that way, but... And that's what I love, man. I love seeing every walk of life get into it. I mean, from people from out of the country. I saw a guy from Israel at park, and he was destroying it. And he's from Israel. Like, uh-huh. Israel's a war-ridden zone, right? Yeah. There ain't much skating going on over there. I mean, and there's people getting killed left and right all day, every day. And this dude, I was so excited for him because I heard him. He got frustrated with a trick, and he said it in his language. He was yelling at his board in, like, his his language. And I was like, he ain't from around here. Because, you know, he looked like a white dude with dreads or whatever. But he it's just it's just cool to see that. And then I, at the same park, I approached, I saw some girl trying to kickflip. And she just moved from deep Mexico. And she had an accent, and she was barely speaking English. So So cool. It's everywhere, and people are coming here to do it or, you know, traveling, and they're going to their spots over there or wherever. It's like it's, – it's global, man. It's out there. It's everywhere. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm madly in love in sk- with skating, and I think everybody should do it. I, I taught skate lessons to, a, like, a 30 – he was 39-year-old heart surgeon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not what you think of a skateboarder, but someone that just wanted to, like, try it, and it was so cool. I think it was because it was the opposite of what he did. He went to college. He had to study – and yeah. like so much so much and then when he's doing like heart surgery and that stuff it's like so intense and like with yeah. skating it's like you can play around with it and have fun and like it's cool yeah. man. i love skating yeah me too and then and then falling releases aggression too you know that's a huge part of it i mean no matter how good you get you know we eat some shit man we fall we we fall hard we break things we smash teeth we smash faces and i mean that's the beauty of it too it builds such character within a human being that that's what I love about it too. I mean, it it helps 
in so many different aspects of your life, man. It it teaches discipline. You know, it teaches you to have a uh, a certain attitude and and how to deal with painful situations. I mean, it gives you so many gifts in life just from riding a skateboard that you learn. That I mean, I've I've got multiple tools just from skating to know how to deal with life. And that's all because of my skateboard. You know what's so funny about that is that it's just a fucking piece of wood and four wheels. And it's so yeah. funny because <laughs> it, that's all it is. So, like, that's it. That's all it is. It's seven plies pressed together. It's fucking – it's wheels and trucks. But what it is is that it's some. It's like a piece of clay where you can, like, put your energy, put your time, your focus, your emotions, everything into it. And you can mold things. You can create things. It becomes like – it's like – you apply something to it, and you can create with it. It's fucking beautiful. It's like, and that's why we should keep it for everyone. That's why there should be yeah. a diverse amount of banners at every contest, and everyone should be invited. You should be supporting the whole industry, and yep. it's like shouldn't be locked up or in a box. It should. No. Be, there's got to be more podcasts, is what I'm saying. Because yeah, yeah, no, this is my first experience with them, and I um, somebody. Uh, this girl, Amelia Brodka, she's a little uh, – sh- she's not little. She's a grown woman, but she skates, and she helps me with Neil Mum Skate Academy. She's a huge, huge uh, asset to this deal. She sends out all the emails. She lays out some cool stuff, and she skates. She yeah. does all the posts, so she knows what the skate tricks are. So I can hand her a group of photos of the kids to put on the website, and I don't really have to tell her much. She's like – she knows what a judo air is. She knows what a tray flip is. And so uh, it, it's really cool. But she the other day, she goes, oh, hold on. She took out her headphones. She goes, I'm listening to a podcast. And I looked at her and I go, you actually listen to those? <laughs> you know, because I never, with all due respect to what you're doing, it's not my thing to listen uh, besides music to uh, I listen to talk radio sometimes. But I've never got on any kind of podcast. So it threw me. I'm like, oh, people do actually listen. Oh, I'm man, like, people, people listen. I get feedback all day long. People driving trucks cross country are like, yeah, I listen to your podcast and I skate and this is awesome. Or like I have a podcast coming out with a professor, a skateboarding professor, and he actually um, he teaches in Dayton, Ohio, and he actually used one of my podcasts for his class. And they, they had to like listen to the Ryan Gallant and my podcast with Ryan Gallant, and it was so cool that he uses it in the college course. I never went to college. You know, yeah. <laughs> how ironic is that? Yeah. But yeah, I think pe- a lot of people are catching on. Podcast is still new, especially in skateboarding. Like I'm the only pro doing it. I think more yeah. people should because there's so many different flavors, perfect personalities, perspective. Like, like I'm I'm sitting here shouting out to the whole fucking skate world. I think more people should share themselves because, like, dude, imagine if the Muska had a podcast. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, think of your favorite skater. If they had a podcast where they just chopped it up for a while and talked about life and skating and stuff, like, I don't know. There needs to be more pro skateboarders and people that do it. It's really yeah. Cool. No, I'm backing it, man. It's really cool. And thank you, thank you again. I'm, I'm honored that you thought of me and wanted to um, get me on your show. And I'm thankful dude, that uh, we we, uh, we made it happen. Yeah. What's cool is um, you just I I kind of was interested because like I knew a little bit of your backstory. You've shared yourself before in magazines and whatnot, and that takes yeah. that's brave to do that. Like it's not easy to talk about your struggles or things and whatever. And some people just can't face those mirrors you know what i mean so that's what kind of drew me in but um all right appreciate that jumping around neil that's cool let's do it you you had the cover of big brother magazine i sure did i looked at i was looking online today because i was like i'm gonna go like overdose on some neil mims before the podcast because i have to jar my memory of like your skating and like remember and uh i saw that photo uh so sick man how did that was that how that feel 
Thank you. No, I'm sorry. I, my first cover was actually of Transworld. Um, that one too, man. So yeah, yeah. So I'm thankful I got two covers out of my uh, skate career, which I'm I'm fortunate to be able to get that. And I know a lot of pro skaters go their whole skate career and not and they're not lucky enough to get one. I've never uh, had a cover of like a bit one of those big magazines. I've had covers of um, smaller mags, which was I was super excited for, but I never was on cover Transworld, Big Brother, Thrasher, yeah. Slap, Skateboard. I've had interviews and checkouts in them. Never got. Oh, them. I know. I've seen them. Yeah, but, nah. But one of us, but one of us got it. We all got it. So that, that must. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thankful though. I, you know, look back at everything and I'm like, you know what? I accomplished a little something in skating. You know, and. Uh, you're always your worst own, your own worst critic, you know. And uh, but yeah, no, the the, the Big Brother uh, tailside to Fakie was a tough one, man. That the the kink. Um, I went there. The, here we go. This is a cool one. Uh, Rick Kosick shot that, See? and he showed up at my apartment. I'm him and I were working on an interview at the time, and this dude like Kosick's not a big partier, believe it or not. He knows how to let loose, but he's not an alcoholic or an addict. It's like he can party. And he can reel it back, you know, he can be fine without it. Moderation, good for him. Yeah, so he's just getting to know me, right, at the time. And uh, and I remember he showed up at my house, and well, my apartment in Cardiff, and I just already started making money skating. You know, I was, like, doing pretty good at the time. Alcohol was taking its toll on me, but I was still moving and grooving, and it was 10 in the morning, man, he showed up, and here I am sitting at my table with my uh, with my weed and my beer, getting the day started, and he was just like, whoa like you're serious huh i'm like yeah i was like we're gonna go and he he knew where we were going to go skate you know i'm like going to skate this kid's here starting my day with a beer and some weed he's like this kid is on one yeah yeah and that was normal for me man it's like it's cool i'm laughing at it now it's good to look back and laugh but really that's i mean that's that's sick i was sick you know but i didn't realize it now and it's sad so i'm not suggesting that anybody go you know, get drunk and go down a ten stair hover with a big kink on it. <laughs> be careful, be careful, people. Be yeah, careful. yeah, be yeah, be careful. But uh, yeah, I so I went without a filmer. Well, I was just like, hey, man, I'm. Hold on, you did this and you got a cover though. How the fuck? <laughs> okay, yeah. So here's the thing: we, I was just going to shoot it to shoot it. I had no intentions of. Um, of uh, getting a cover. That wasn't like why we, he didn't say, Hey, I'm going to give you a cover. If we go do this spot, it wasn't like that. So I was wanting to go do this trick at this spot for a while. And I was like, Oh, this would be good for the interview. Right. Yeah. No intentions of getting a cover. And so we went there and, and uh, locked in and we did it. And it took me whatever, eight, nine tries or something. And uh, no filmer. And <laughs> so, no filmer, see. Yeah, this was like in uh, early, I think around January. Yeah. Be- the reason why I remember is because Tampa Pro was coming up. And that's when I found out. So when we went to Tampa Pro, I was in the elevator at our hotel with Dave Carney. And Dave Carney goes, hey, did you know you're uh, you're getting the next cover of the Big Brother? And I was all, just random. <laughs> I'm all, what? He yeah. goes, yeah, dude, we're going to give you a, he goes, he goes, we're going to give you a cover. I'm all, holy shit, really? He's all, yeah, it's coming out like next week or something. I'm all, what? Damn. And so that's how I found out at Tampa Pro, like uh, 2001, was it? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, 2001, because it came out in the June issue of 2001. He's like, yeah. So anyway, that's it was not intentional of knowing that I was going to get a cover. It just happened. And How'd you, how'd you skate in Tampa? Because you must have been flying high knowing that going into it. Oh, I think I just partied too hard. I didn't do <laughs> 
that was more of the reason. I'm like, oh, now I can celebrate. I'm getting a cover. I don't have to work in like I don't have to work to do good in the contest. <laughs> you know, it, it was unintentional. That's not what I really thought. But I just I went out and did the best I could, and I wasn't sober at the time. But there was a uh, a year. I think it was the following year. Um, I did do good in Tampa because I was actually on a sober kick. It was before I sobered up for good. Yeah. But I, I knew that I had some issues, and Danny and Daywan and Rodney Mullen were pulling me aside, and they were like, hey, dude, you need to straighten up, you know. And uh, this was, I think, the last year that Rodney Mullen actually traveled to Tampa. Wow. He was there that year, and I was sober. And uh, I got top top 20. I think I got 18th or something. But I did good. I won 100 bucks. Like 18th got a, or 200 bucks or something. Dude, that's was, awesome. Yeah, that was one of my dreams. I go, I just want to get top 20 in a contest, yeah. so like a pro contest. I didn't want to try and get first. You know, and I was like, so I accomplished that that year, but I was sober and actually did good. But yeah, that Big Brother, when I found out I got the cover of Big Brother, I was like, oh, it's on. Let's do this. <laughs> That'll happen. Hey, um, so what was it that what what was it that was your bottom? What's your bot? What was your bottom, dude? How do you reverse that? Because it's like I don't know how you figure your way out. What what does it for you? Okay, so I got I got so depressed. Um, at every I was so. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like what I'd become. I was so sad and, and, and just empty inside, man. And I knew that I had this passion. I knew there was this love in my system, um, that, uh, I love skateboarding. And I also found out I had a daughter at age, uh, when she was nine years old. Wow. Uh, yeah. That was shared in an interview a while back. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Was she pretty... was already nine and you found out when she was nine years old. Yeah. Wow! What the fuck? Yeah, sorry. Right, got... Well, we can't gloss over that. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you really yeah. were yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> You really were. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna go skate now. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. what the fuck? Dude? Was that like a, a phone call? I imagine it probably was an I, I, iPhone. It was trippy. That's when I was out here that second time when I got hooked up by Evil, and uh, uh, you know, I got this crazy phone call and went back, and then uh, and then nothing came of it. And then she called nine years later and said, "Hey, you need to come back to Florida. This is this is your daughter." Oh my God, dude! It's like a hey, yeah. fuck. So anyway, yeah. Um, so that came into my life. I was already depressed. I was already sad, but I was still drinking. It still took even after I, I went back to Florida, found out she was mine, and um. I drove back. I was wasted the whole time. I mean, I was, dude, I was not good. I was living out of my mom's garage at the time. I mean, I was on the depths of despair and sad and angry. And yeah, I was, I was just so miserable, man. I was just sick. Of, so I went back to meet my daughter and, you know, and we, we bonded and I was like, okay, I need to live my life better. And it still took a while, man. And I was just kept like trying to sober up and couldn't get it together. I tried to sober up, couldn't get it together. And, I finally got to a point. I was like, I was going to kill myself. I was over. And then I thought about my daughter and I go, wait, you know, that's selfish. That's a selfish way to go. Yeah. And, uh, and something came over me, um, told me that I couldn't live that way anymore. And I actually, for the first time ever, I never asked anybody for help in my life. And I pulled one of my friends aside while we were wasted. And I told him, I go, Hey, uh, one of my only friends that was like, tolerating me at the time because everybody else was like dude he's fucking he's gone yeah um i pulled him aside and i said hey dude i, I need help uh can you help me um i'm willing to go to rehab i'm willing to do whatever it takes i go i can't live this way anymore and uh that's when i knew 
uh, you know, that I had humbled myself enough to ask for help, and that's when it all happened. And I was like, um, "That's beautiful." Yeah, I set a set a sobriety date uh, two weeks before I sobered up. Well, After I'd asked for help, there was two more weeks. It was May first of two thousand seven. Yeah, and my friend he kept checking on me and uh, he kept texting. He was like, "Is it is it on? Is it on?" And I'm all, "Yep, yep, yep." And uh, I just knew I knew at the time I knew I was done. And even I partied that two weeks. I was like, I knew I was done. I knew it was coming. I knew my life was gonna change, and I was scared shitless oh, because yeah. I didn't know how to live without alcohol or anything. But I didn't know how good it was going to get. I don't know what I was afraid of, but I was scared, man. You know, I was so used to living that way that I was so freaking scared. But here I am, and I got this amazing life, like, because of my daughter and I have a relationship. And it's been a struggle. We've been through our shit, and she's lived here. but And she's a teenage girl now. She's 19, living out on her own. Uh, But we've been able to bond. She came and moved in with me out here in California. I was able to live the single dad life for a while and take care of her, and that was a struggle. Um, I wasn't getting paid by skating anymore, and that's when I created this uh, business working with kids. Yeah. And uh, so cool, man. So cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there for a minute just to take a breather because that's heavy. That's good. It's digested a little bit. <clears throat> All right. So um, I'm gonna break it up real quick and ask you: Have you ever seen the show Louis? With Louis C.K., the comedian? No, I haven't. Dude, if you get Netflix, it's on there right now. It is. I've got Netflix. I'll watch it tonight. It's really good. He has two daughters, and every show kind of has like a real-life scenario, sort of, but it's super funny. But he touches yeah. on real-life stuff, and it's like pretty cool. You should check it out. I'm taking you to get some water real quick. Yeah, no, no worries, man. I'm down for the ride. <clears throat> um, <laughs> okay, so now that we, we worked all the way through all that stuff, I kind of want to get into – um. Neil Mims, the Academy, like, what was your first steps and how, how, how have you seen the progression and the growth to where it is now? And just start at the beginning, I guess. Um, so here's the thing. My daughter got sent out here to live with me and, uh, I was working. I had, uh, I wanted to get back into the skate world. I'd already had a year sober at the time and I hit up Chad Foreman and Jamie Thomas over at Black Box about getting a job there. And, uh, and because I was like, hey, man, I'm a single dad. I need to, like, do something. Uh, Real life. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started working there. Well, this is before she got sent out here. So here I'm getting a job at Black Box. And I'm working there. I'm around skating again. So, That's what I loved. I just wanted to get around skating again. And I'm making eight bucks an hour. And. And uh, I'm just stoked, and that's not a lot of money, but I'm like, all right, I'm 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 in the skate world again. You know, that's all I wanted. I just, like, finally started to get back into my love, and uh, my life's getting better already. I'm feeling good. I'm confident. I'm skating again. I'm shooting photos with Swift, um, getting photos in the magazine again. Everything started coming together, and, uh, and uh, so this is when I got the call, like, okay, my daughter's mom couldn't handle – dealing with her so she's like she knew i was on the right track so she's like i'm sending her to you and this is right in her teenage years started and yeah and it it was cool i was excited for the challenge but little did i know taking on a a daughter from a broken home without a dad most of her life and she's been you know um told lies for some of her life that uh uh it it was challenging so she got sent out here 
And I'm like nine months into working at Black Box, and I kept asking like about a promotion, like what can I do over here to make more money, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. 31 packing boxes with these 20-year-olds and making eight bucks an hour is not cutting it. And I'm like, I need to do something, especially yeah. now that I have a daughter coming to live with me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that's when I came up with the idea. I was like, hey, I love working with kids because I had a couple of those jobs throughout my uh, – before my skate career. I was working at the YMCA's. I found – I found my love in working with kids then, so I was like, hey, I wonder if I make some goofy-ass flyers with pictures of me skating from my skate career on them and just say, it's, it's you know, it's goofy, but it, it was like skate lessons from a pro, Neil Mims, like whatever. It was like I had someone made it up. I have, uh, I have one now. I put it at the skate park. It just says skate lessons with Anthony Shetler, professional skateboarder Anthony Shetler. All I need lessons because I – I do all I know. I love it. See, that's what I did, man, and that's how it all started. And uh, so I put out these these um, these flyers at the at McGill Skate Shop, and uh, which is down the street from my house. And and uh, I didn't get a call for a while, dude. And I was all bummed. I'm like, fuck, dude. See, like it's not gonna work out. Like whatever. And it, and it, it took a while, but one person called, and uh, she wanted me to work with her two two boys, and so I did results showed from the first lesson she was stoked so she continued to get lessons then she told somebody then they told somebody and the trickle effect started happening yeah and that's, and that's here i am <laughs> yeah here i am like starting to make money doing skate lessons doing what i love again and and uh and that's how it all came about i was say i got on food stamps uh to take care of my daughter i did what i had to do man i just made it happen um and uh, we were building a relationship. I was full-time single dad, taking her to school, making her lunches, just being and doing these skate lessons in the afternoon. And and uh, life was moving and grooving. And, and uh, I, I was happy, dude. I was just content. I was like, cool, this is what it's about, you know. And, and I was skating again and on my board. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. But I didn't have a name behind it. It was just skate lessons with a pro until almost three years ago now. Like this month will be three years. It's been Neil Mem Skate Academy. So and, cool. Yeah, so it, it it's it's grown into a full fledged business where now I have Jimmy Cow. You know Jimmy Cow from I Skate did, Mafia. I do, man. I did. Um, I, we were, someone was telling me that he teaches skate lessons, <laughs> and this is where it comes in. <laughs> this is where he comes into play. He just started working for us and doing skate lessons while I'm doing these traveling skate camps that I do. And uh, so he's working for Neil Mum Skate Academy now. Reese Forbes called me not too long ago and came down and visited me. Man, I was hyped. That's uh, but I, I gave him some advice. He wants to start doing it up in Orange County. Um, I got a, a people on the back end. I have a web guy that takes care of the website. Uh, you know, I, I film and shoot photos of the kids and do all the posts. And um, it's just cool, man. I, it, it's growing. It's uh, we're actually. Dude, we're looking for property right now to do something on a bigger scale. It's kind of, um, it's in the early stages, but it's all coming together. I don't want to like mention that too much, but that's part, awesome. part of the growth, and it could be a really cool thing uh, coming I, up. I think if you if you if your heart's in the right direction and you have the work ethic that you do, and you're persistent and you're able to work through problems because you learn skateboarding basic problem solving, you know, make all the mistakes so you find the way that works. That takes persistence. You'll be okay. And those yeah. inches add up. That's what I do with my brand. I go, those inches add up. If I get an inch today and an inch tomorrow, we got two inches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. I think that I think what helps the growth of things too is being able to see silver linings. So, 
that takes a certain perspective, you know, like you have to be living a healthy lifestyle and you have to have healthy people around you and you got, cause life is hard. Life is going to throw you curveballs. I don't give a fuck who you are, where you're from, how much money you have, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You, you know, your dog dies. Fuck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. family member. Oh, something. Right. so right here. That's, that's my family member. I had to put my cat down. Yeah, there you go. What's the name? I see that. His name was Hennessy. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Sick tattoo. Speaking of, I need, hey, I was, uh, I was hung over when I picked him up from Hennessy back in 1999, dude. Wow. And that's what his name ended up being. That's, yeah. That's, that's a drinker for you. That script looks really sick, though. The Hennessy with that script looks beautiful. Yeah, thank you, man. My girl. Anyway, my girl has uh, our dog on her on her shoulder, Elwood. My dog's name Elwood. I named him after my father because my father passed, and I just like want to have that memory. So I was like, "This is my Elwood. Come here." It like stokes me to hear my dad's name a lot. So. Oh, that's super cool. But anyway, oh. I'm sorry to cut you off. What were no, you saying? No, no worries. I'm just saying that like. I think that the healthier we are and the more we keep trying to learn and trying to progress, no matter how fucking old you are, you never put yourself in a box. You just always keep trying to, to reach the sun. Like, keep growing. Like, no matter what. And uh, the more people you have around you that are trying and, like, being uh, trying to be optimistic because life is hard, you know? So, like, the more people that you have that are trying to grow as individuals, trying to be optimistic and trying to support each other and, like, you guys will move in the right direction, inch by inch by inch by inch, and that shit will add up. You just got to keep seeing the silver linings, you know, and, and you can't be a fool about it. Like, I tell people all the time, kids at the skate park, people I see, I'm like, I'm like, pick up the, you're walking by money on the ground. Like, there's so much money on the on the ground at the skate park. I'm like, pick it up. Like, that's a blessing. It's on the yeah. right there. Like, some people don't pick up pennies. I'm like, are you crazy? I know, right? I pick up pennies all the time. Yeah, I'll I'll do it now just just to make a point. Like, I'll be in the middle of a grocery store, and I'm like, people are looking at it, walking by. I'll just, like, go up, grab it. Like, oh, Yeah, I'm not too pennies. cool or too proud. Yeah, 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 yeah I did. Tell people, it's sick. That's right. I think, that, I think that's kind of touching on what I'm saying. It's like... We apply value to stuff, just like I was saying with skating. It's like it's just a piece of wooden wheels. It depends on how we see the world and how we apply ourselves. If we if we all realize we have these characteristics and we have potential, like Mark Johnson was saying, if we have the if we realize we have potential to be whatever we want to be, and we paint our own story and our own narrative, then we can actually be those things. We just have yeah. to try and work towards it. And and you know what's that's why I wanted to talk to you too because the way I grew up. It forced me to have character. I, I was, I had to persevere. I had to go through a lot of struggles as a young kid, like shit I was born into, just like you. Like, yeah. you just have problems right away that you weren't even, you don't, you didn't fall into them. They just were there. Choice, yeah. Yeah. So you have to build these characteristics. I had to learn how to hustle, how to survive, how to struggle, how to, how to understand people, how to, like, it, it forced me to look at the world through a crazy way. But we all go through that, is what I'm saying. And it, it's rad that, um, it's rad that you're teaching now. Because I feel like the people that should be teaching are the ones that have the experience and can actually speak from first-hand knowledge. That's like a good thing, I believe. Yeah, and um, I always, I'm a firm believer in pain. And uh, we have to endure some pain. Neil, hold on. It broke up for a second. You said you were a firm believer of? Oh, of, uh, of pain is the touchstone to all spiritual growth. I feel like we all have to endure some sort of pain and quite a bit of it at times to get to grow and to get to a certain point in life to uh, to a positive state of mind. We have to go through some shit to be able to get to that next level of growth, you know, and, and be that person just like, 
uh, hearing your story now, man, and knowing how positive you were when you first approached me at Tampa Pro, quite, uh, you know, six years ago or so, that, you know, it makes sense. And I would never expect that. You don't really think about that, like, because I'm like, oh, this dude's positive. He might have, he must have a good life. You know, like, you don't, you don't, you don't foresee, like, no, it means you went through some shit. That's why you're so positive. I was greatly, I was uh, very great. I have very gracious, very appreciative. Like, I, Nate Sherwood quoted me one time. We were in the, he, I read it in an interview of his. He was like, t he actually praised me because I don't even remember the moment, but we were in the van, I guess, and him and Sumner were fighting over shotgun. And like, Sumner was like being a dick and not letting him have shotgun, you know? And you yeah. know, Nate, Nate was like, getting oh, it. yeah. And, uh, in a good way. Love me. Yeah, I do too. He came in the back of the van and he was like, dude, why aren't you mad about not having shotgun? And I, I guess, I don't even remember any of this. I just read it from his interview. He, I guess I said to him, I was like, I'm just happy to be in the van. Like, and that's how I feel. Like, that's how I felt since I was little. I was just like, I'm just stoked to be a part of something like that, yeah. that I love and that all these other people love, you know? And it's like, we get carried away, you know? It, you f tend to forget that, but it's like, I love remembering that. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. appreci appreciation definitely comes through struggle and, you know, it's like, how do you know something, like, how do you know this hurts unless, like, um, what's a good example? It's like, you can hear people's stories which can help. But I think that first-hand experience of, like, fire burns, you put your hand in, you feel that burn, and then you really know it burns, like, you can empathize, you can understand, you're like, that's a deep burn, so then you can relate to more people. So I think that yeah, breeds, exactly. that breeds appreciation for life and things. So I guess that's why we're gifting a curse, huh? You might yeah, you went through hell, but then you get to work your way out of it instead of being in heaven and working your way into hell or vice versa or whatever. Yeah, no, and it, you know we're in a position now, like I said, to carry it on to the next generation. That's why I'm thankful. I think that's why this program works so well, man. Some of the things I get from kids, the messages I get from parents, some of the things that are said to me, dude, make me break down in te like tears, like happy tears though of joy. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, really? I'm all, really? I'm this guy now? And these kids will say the most amazing things. Like, I help them not only with their skateboarding or I help them. Like, a kid will do a school project on me. He did. He wasn't told by his parents to do that. He wasn't told by his teachers to do that. He came up with that on his own. And I get these. I have them on my fridge. I mean, I could show you. Yes, Look at that, dude, and it's up on my fridge, and, and you can't read the whole thing, I don't think. But No, but that's sick. I can see the little... You can tell a drawing of a kid, you know, a kid do it. A six-year-old did that, man. Well, hold on, hold on. And hold on, hold on. Go back now. Let me read it real quick. Let me read what I just saw. He's the best coach ever. He taught me how to drop in on pool coping. He gave me stickers. That's sick. <laughs> you are cool. Yeah, dude. Good man. Well, there's, you know, there's more. My pops got me a skate. Um, but that kind of... That's so rad, man. That's like awesome. That's that's the stuff I'm talking about, and those are the gifts of why, or the gifts of being able to live this life that I live now, compared to what I was doing to myself and to other people around me, and taking advantage of good situations and abusing abusing privileges because of alcohol and drug abuse. Man, it's so not worth it. And and like I said, I'm I'm grateful for it now. It's like I had to go through that to understand, though. And uh, I didn't get it before, and now I get it. So it's like when I get – like these kids have no idea the way I was living before. Yeah. You know, these yeah. little six-year-olds, like if they – it's just that's what makes me so hard. I'm like, man, they, they know the, the true me. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm like, okay, this is – I'm making an impact on this kid's life where he's thinking about me at school and writing this amazing stuff like – 
really nice thing. I go, you know the shit that used to be said behind my back? You know, people were like, oh, shit, here comes Neil. Oh, shit, Neil did this. Oh, shit, he did this again. Like, you know, I got all these people worried about what kind of state of mind I'm going to be in when they see me because they're scared if I'm going to be the happy guy, the, the drunk, miserable guy, or the depressed me, or the angry me that wants to fight them. Now it's it's like – Oh, Neil's so loving and, and caring, and that, and that's man, that's the true rewards, and that's um, I'm so thankful. Like I can't even say how you know how much I'm appreciative of little thing. Even you, you thinking of me and wanting to interview me, you know, little things like that. Those it's all all good stuff, you know. And then yeah. that's the that's this life I'm thankful for. I couldn't I couldn't agree more, man. I think overall people just want appreciation for just being them. They just want to be alive and be accepted and like. I, 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 that's why skateboarding should be for everyone. It's a piece of wood and wheels, and like everyone has value that they can add to it, you know. And and that we just have to be able to like let each other be, and just it's hard. It's hard. Like I'm not perfect. I'm preachy right now, but it's like I make mistakes, and that's why I'm like I keep trying to get past those mistakes and not make them again. That's the whole idea of growth, you know. And a lot of that is just us communicating and talking about stuff. You know what I mean? Like this is why I think we need more podcasts because if you have. Uh, we should tell our stories, our plights. It's it's like, yeah. you know, that's a good thing to share. It makes it stay teachable. Yeah, we can get teachable. We can get further in life if we if we tell our stories because the next generation can hear the truth and the real realness of life, and then they can decide for themselves what they want to do. Because that's like what you think you're born into. You're born into a situation. Like I thought, you, you think of the family. It's like you're born into a mom and dad that teach you everything and work jobs and are good people. But like the majority of people don't have that. Like. We're so bogged down in, like, you know, your parents are you. You hit a certain age, you're like, oh, no one's really got this shit figured out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, nah, it's not like, at all, yeah. yeah. No one really does, you know? So I feel like the more we communicate, the more we connect, the more we express ourselves truthfully, not not for fame, not for money, but just for just being us. It's like the more we're all comfortable with being who we are, and we're, it's beautiful. Like, life can move forward. We can have... Yeah, we're all on our own journeys, and we all, you know, I think uh, need to, you know, step back and not pass judgment on people that need to be who they truly are, whether you mentioned before gay, lesbian, or, um, you know, black, or, or oriental, whatever it may be. Everybody deserves a chance at their journey in life, whatever it is, to be the best they can be at it. And it doesn't, it, you know, there should be no discrimination on that or no judgment on that. And, and I think as long as we step back and let people be who they are, the better our lives will be. And be there to help people when they need help, you know, no matter what, what their race or creed is. And uh, that's that's the kind of person, you know, I want to stay uh, true to is is just being there for others. And, and, and uh, I look at it this way. I got to give it away to keep it I give away the gifts that I have um, that I've been blessed with. That's how I'm going to keep them. And that's how I'm going to keep staying happy, internally happy with, with what I'm doing and who I am is being, making sure I share that with everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. I like the way you said that. Um, give it away to keep it. That's, that sounds really rad. Um, yeah, I agree, man. I think life is about expression and you know, what's cool about the generation that we live in. You know, even though we have all these tools where we can, like, share, share stuff, share. Mm -hmm. Like, before we were trapped in a paradigm where it was, like, TV and magazines and, like, only so many people. But, like, right now I'm doing a podcast, you know what I mean? Like, from my office, and it's it doesn't take much, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
the the more we have the expression, the more it is, man. The better the world will be, and it's rad because we can hear these stories, man. Um, and I'm really thankful that you came on um the podcast. You know, it's very brave. Um, more and more people are getting into it now, you know. But it's very brave. I think a lot of skateboarders are kind of guarded because they don't know if you're gonna hate on them or it's scary to talk to people that you don't know. You don't know what they're. If they're going to be open, right? The motive about, yeah, behind it, but... Uh, yeah, the I, motive. Yeah, I like that. You know what? I'm so confident now in my life that I, I feel like I am in, a, in such a better spot that I wasn't intimidated by coming on by you, and I didn't... I wasn't even afraid of what you might ask me. It didn't matter because I'm so comfortable where I'm at. If you, you know, you wanted to talk shit and throw some shit at me, that's fine. If not, then that's fine. You know, I was... I was okay with it, man, and I'm thankful for it too. Thank you for having me, man. Seriously, it's I, I truly believe that, like, uh, it's a corny, cliche line, but real recognize real. Like, when you have a certain quality, you can kind of notice it in other people. Like, cause, so if you know yourself well enough, you'll yeah. you'll see. And if you know you're a good person and you're trying hard, and you see that on people's face and efforts, you can see that in other people, you know. And then you Absolutely. attract you attract to each other. So that was like, yeah. I think that's kind of what drew me to you in the beginning. I'm like. This dude knows strength through struggle. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, man. No, right back at you, dude. You've always been positive, man. And I know we uh, we touched base uh, a little while back, too, uh, when I was uh, going, uh, what was it, when you were on World. Uh, yeah. Then I sent, we sent a couple messages to each other about the whole World program and stuff, I think. Absolutely. When I was trying to find my way and I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do and I was just checking in and seeing where World was at. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do, man. I do. I was super hyped. I was like, that's so cool, man, because I, like, I was a fan of your skating. So, yeah, so nah. cool, man. Um, before we go, this I, we're not going to quite wrap it up if you don't mind. You still got uh, No, I'm chilling, man. I might have to use the restroom, though, if that's cool real quick. Yeah, that's okay. You do that now. We'll take a break now and then come back. And then I got two more questions that are popping up. We're chilling. Yep. All right. Just give me just give me a couple minutes at the most. Do your thing. Do your thing. Should I be like Joe Rogan right now and just (laughs) talk about how I'd never have to go to the bathroom on the show? It's not true though. I have a weak bladder. Joe Rogan would make fun of me. That's the truth. Damn you, Joe. I started my podcast because of you. you the man. <laughs> I like the stand-up comedy. It's fucking amazing. Not just yours, but everyone you have on, all the expressions, all the people. It's a cool podcast. Check out the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, it's a good podcast. I, I know a lot of people that listen to podcasts, that's probably where they heard about it. Um, but yeah, it's good, man. It's a lot of good podcasts. Skate to Create is a sick one, too. Um, check that one out, Skate Podcast. Mostly Skateboarding, Templeton, Dude Shreds. Have you ever heard of Mostly Skateboarding Podcast with Temple, Templeton Elliott? Oh, no, but I do know who that is. Uh, he worked for the Skateboard Mag for a while, right? Yeah, he did, man. He has a podcast, too. You should check it out. If you got if you have an iPhone, you can get the podcast app, and they're all free. You can just download uh, on the iTunes store. His is sick. Um. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm going to have to start checking them out now. Like I said, I checked out uh, when you initially hit me up. I uh, listened to you and uh, Zared's for uh, about 15 minutes, man. I was just I was in the middle of some other stuff. But I wanted to check out and just see what it was about, and I listened to you guys yeah. on that one. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to get into it a little more. I'm about to travel to China, actually, so uh, I might might be uh, checking them out on the, on the plane. There you go. Uh, download them, you know, and just listen. 
All right, here we go. I got I, this one. I want to talk about is action footwear because I'm a big fan of action. And uh, oh yeah, who was on the team at that time when you were on? Oh wow, man! I was so honored to be a part of that deal. Uh, uh, it was Gino Iannucci, Guy Mariano, Kane Gale, Rune Glifberg, Brian, Brian Anderson. Uh, who's that? Uh, did I say Kareem Campbell? I mean, he owned it, so that was that's a given, right? Remo, uh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Remo, so man, such a good-hearted dude. You know what? His uh, his his love uh, for everybody. And his person, he help, he helps me. I'm a hugger now. Like, I've always been a hugger and a lovely dude, but he helped me realize it was okay to give everybody hugs, dude. That dude would hug anybody and everybody and tell them it's all good, man. I lo- Reem, got a lot of love for Reem. But anyway, yeah. You just made my day, dude. I've been such a Kareem Campbell fan for so long, and, like, to know that, it makes me so, t- so hyped. It- <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. But, uh, yeah, no, it was like, uh, so, yeah, Joey Surreal was on it, uh, was it Fabian Alomar at the time, even? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, let me see. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. And Oh, it was uh, my, little Mikey Taylor and Paul Rodriguez were the AMs, the little AMs on the team. I remember and, that, man. <laughs> yep, they were only like 14 at the time, dude, and that's why we we all used to skate together, man. We all used to meet up and go skate. It was chill. It was pretty fun, and that was uh, another, uh, you know, that was towards the end. Well, getting close to the end. It, Ender of my days of uh, when I part was partying it all away and and you know Reem likes to let loose too and when we would travel together I'd I'd just tag on to Reem and he he seemed to be able to handle a little uh, extra more than I did but we, man we we got crazy and had some good times though <laughs> those are your memories man you can't you know that's good good for you yeah no, and I remember yeah my first my first action ad I was super hyped dude it was a two page spread and Atiba shot the photo but uh. Yeah, man, I was super, super pumped. I still have that. Do you, um, I got a question. Um, do you, do you notice that since you're teaching all the time and you're always on your board that you just feel like, I feel like learning, you're con, you feel like you're relearning stuff and like you're dialing everything tighter and tighter and like, I don't know, I feel like the more I teach, the better I'm getting. Dude, I'm on my board more than I ever have been and with, with the exception of, uh, three knee surgeries in the past two years, I feel better and more focused than I ever have in my skateboard. It's just my my agility isn't quite the same, you know, because of my age. I'm I'm about to turn 39 on April 10th, and and uh, I'm not using that as an excuse because I am okay. strong. Um, I feel good. I'm working out. I feel strong. It's just you know, agile wise, yeah, I may not be as flexible, but it doesn't matter, dude. My my brain, I feel really, I feel more comfortable on my board than I do walking right now. Like just because I'm always on it and. And I get sore, you know, and I sca- I've been skating. I've been getting my groove on uh, even away from the kids, getting grown man sessions uh, with all with all my homies. I skate with Duffy sometimes. Uh, yes, yes. Skate, um, uh, I work out with Pierre Luke uh, in the mornings. Uh, so I, I hang with some of these dudes, and I could go and hop on the vert ramp with that dude a little bit sometimes. So um, I, I'm still hopping hopping around and having fun. But yeah, it's 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 fun, man. It does. It keeps me. Keeps me focused, keeps me on my board, and and feeling really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. my confidence level is up there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same way because like I feel like the more I'm showing them the basics again, it's like because you know when you start skating, it's like when you're so deep in skating, you have so many years, it's like it's easy to like forget to just find your center of balance and do frontside and backside turns. It's like 
when you teach skate lessons, that's what you have to show them, you know? Yeah. You're constantly practicing the basics, so you're just, like, on point with that, you know? And you have that foundation, like, solid as fuck. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Skate lessons are just as good for me as it is for the person I'm teaching. Because I'm yeah. like, I love it. It's like a given, it's a give and take, you know? It's it's beautiful. Um, yeah, it sure is, man. I'm thankful for it, dude. It's good stuff. Hell yeah. Before we go, um, how I usually like to wrap it up is, uh, if you have any uh, social media plugs or websites or anything that you'd like to share with people where they can check out everything you're going on, uh, please tell them now. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Just uh, Instagram is at Neil Mims, and uh, you can punch in Neil Mims Skate Academy. It'll pop up, and uh, it's N-E-A-L-M-I-M-S. And uh, then Facebook is a, is a, is a page, uh, Neil Mims Skate Academy page. I don't have a personal Facebook page. Um and Twitter is also at Neil Mems. Uh, so there's that. Uh, um, man, I got a ton of companies helping support this program. I, I don't want to say thanks to them. Uh, they, I mean, I could rail off of, I mean, pretty much mo- most of the industry. I mean, uh, cause I don't want to leave somebody out. They, they know who they are and it's pretty much everybody from Jim Thebo to Rick Howard at Girl, um, you know, DC Shoes and, uh, Syndrome Distribution, uh, KO Corp. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, like say the distribution names that because that that'll uh, knock out about five or six companies in one, you know. <laughs> so, uh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So those those guys, everybody, and all the pros, man. I have guest pros come out for the kids. So, uh, I mean, every people like Day One Song and Danny Way and uh, uh, Pierre Luke and Duffy. I mean, that's another list that is uh, eternal. So, um, and thanks to the barracks, uh, places like that, Sheckler, Sheckler Skate Park. I mean, they. Everybody's so supportive of uh, us working with the kids. Uh, everybody's down for it, man, and everybody's been really cool and very giving to help make this program extra special. It wouldn't be the same without the companies that help get these kids all these these gift bags and awards, and and uh, we get to go to these special places because of, um, of the relationships I've been lucky enough to make through skateboarding. And, uh, you know, not just anybody can text P-Rod and say, hey, can we come skate your park? So, you know, that kind of stuff where P-Rod's like, yeah, bring some kids up and let's skate. So that's uh, that's really cool. Brandon Beeble, Mark Johnson, like they let us come up and skate their park. Mark's come out and hung, hung out with the kids. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that list is enormous and it's amazing. And I'm just I'm so grateful and thankful for skateboarding in general. Like Jill and Thibault says it best. Thank you, skateboarding. So He nails it. It's, um, I gotta say this: every podcast that Jim Thibo comes up on, every pro skateboarder that I'm a fan of, always cites Jim Thibo for like something awesome. Him or Steve Rodriguez, they both get like utmost respect from skateboarders. All the ones I like, all the pro skateboarders I'm like super fans of, they always mention Jim Thibo or Steve Rodriguez. Which yeah, I- Steve Rodriguez is cool, man. I only briefly met him over the years, but I love what he's done for skateboarding as well. Hell yeah. Neil, Neil, thank you so much for coming on, man. And seriously, keep killing it, man. Like I said, the more people that share the beauty of skating with young kids, the more it'll spread. And, and the more that we can have this beautiful skateboarding world of kids that love skating. And it's not just competition. It's all well-rounded. And you're a crucial key to that. So keep up the good work. And thank uh, you. all the show notes will be in, in, in there when I post all of this. And I'll make sure you get it all. Um, yeah, have fun no matter what. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Once again, have a good night, brother. Hey, thank you too. Much love. Peace. All right. Take care.
Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time. People, where you at? Put your fist up. We gon' twist up. Say, come on, come on. Experience the train. Hop the board. Come on. Experience rocking with the reflection.